Good morning, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of a Canon Talk. Uh, I'm your host, Mourne, and my co-host, Aiden. How's it, guys? Uh, happy belated birthday to you, Mourne. And uh, seems like Arsenal did justice and made your birthday week quite special. I mean, it actually made it quite worthwhile getting up at 5 a.m. for the game. Because, I mean, it was one of those games where you first think to yourself, do you get out? Do you not? But, I mean, look, I wanted to get to see. Because, I mean... I knew for a fact Arsenal were not going to, you know, take that game, especially against Bayern, that lightly. But, yeah. uh, you know, that being said, uh, start of the Arsenal-US tour, a good test of the preseason. You know, nothing too hectic. Uh, we started out against uh, Colorado Rapids, uh, Stan Kroenke's other football team. And, I mean, look, also nothing to get or carried away with. But, I mean, we also have to think that, look, they're not really the best at the moment or having the best run in the MLS because I think they were either last or second last in the MLS at the moment. So, But I mean, either way, it was going to be a good test because with the Colorado Rapids, I think with, with their season also, you know, in, uh, but in jeopardy, they needed to, you know, almost like rest most of the senior stars. And it was also the, the, with the part I wanted to bring up with a, being a good test, knowing that Arsenal were going to go into this game almost like with their B team. So you know, lots of new faces. I mean, they're very interesting. And I mean, the starting eleven was uh, Matt Macy, Carl Jenkinson, uh, Chambers, Medley, Thompson, and in midfield, Olienka, John Jules, Robbie Burton, Edin Ketia, Martinelli, and Saka up front. For, for me, it's, it's a warning sign that uh, the Colorado Rapids under the ownership of Stan Kroenke, I hope that's not a sign of things to come to Arsenal, you know, where we drop down further and further every season because maybe of lack of investment in and, like, effort put into the club because he's maybe not as a fan you know with him owning the Denver Nuggets mm. I think it's the LA Rams as well I think those those maybe those are two sports that he's actually attracted to and and actually the sport that he loves like whereas Arsenal's more just the business to him and there's no heart putting actually into it but I mean I think what what for me in a way was key you know having Josh and Stan Kroenke in the crowd for that game because I think it was also needed where the, the, also like the players knew or even like the fans that were there, uh, you know, that the, the owner is there to, you know, air, air quotes, you know, support the team. So, because I mean, look, there were also going to be important meetings uh, taking place like between uh, that uh, Raul, Vinay, um, as well as uh, Edu and I think Emery as well. Because I think they also, with along with Josh, also probably explained to Stan Kroenke, you know, the almost like uh, in a way, it is like a dire situation we're in because you cannot go into a season, you know, with a sort of budget that we're having since it was something in the range of 45 or 50. Look, as that is said last week, I still believe it. The, the budget is something like you know, 70 to 80 million, but I think he's probably like you know, when you start seeing now the, the activity now in the transfer market with regards to Arsenal, I think there is way more being pumped into the kitty now for that you know, to help out of the situation. I definitely think that's needed. But, like, moving along to the game, for me, you know, Matt Macy reminded me a bit of, you know, Kotoa, that lankiness of him and just his, his coolness taking the ball out of the air because quite early on in the game, I remember the Colorado Rapids walked in across and, you know, some of the Arsenal keepers were quite always dodgy in the air, sometimes taking a cross, but it seems like he just coolly collected the ball quite nicely and took it out of the air. And his performance in most parts of the game for me, I felt it was good. So I think hopefully that he will get the chance at some point this season to you know just apply his trade, whether it be in the 
Europa League, you know, the Dead Rubber Games or the Carabao Cup? I mean, like for me, the, the players that caught my eye was or caught my attention were Tyrese, John Jules. I mean, I remember watching him also a bit in that uh, one off, uh, you know, that, that, that uh, break at Arsenal took mid season when they went to Dubai. He was quite, you know, dominant up there since he was like spearheading the strike force. Um, James Olinka playing in central midfield looks a strong kid. Uh, Robbie Burton as well seems like somebody that's. Uh, you know, a real box-to-box type of play because, I mean, sometimes you see him shifting into the defensive line. You see him, like, uh, playing alongside Shaka. And then sometimes you see him adding an extra body on the edge of the box. So, I mean, also kind of bodes well if you look at some of the talent coming out at Arsenal. And Nketiah as well. I know we've been a bit tough on Eddie Nketiah, you know, over the past year with the podcast. But it seems, and, you know, I don't want to speak too early, but it seems yeah. like, you know, he's coming into his own slightly. And I hope this is a like a, a good of things to come with him. Yeah, I think it'll look more game time. is going to bring more, you know, more drive, more energy to his game. Because you're also seeing, like, the way he's thinking is actually more becoming like a, a team player, not... You know, individual, individualistic, sorry. But, I mean, like, he's thinking more as a team player because you remember what frustrated me? We always used to nag by you about it, about, like, you know, outside pod, podcast uh, uh, reception and it was that we, he does not play people in your role, eh? onto the ball trying to, you know, dribble past three or four people instead of, you know, taking an easy outlet down one of the flanks. And that, I think, what was frustrating me most. I mean, he still has a bit of that in him, but you can see it starting to somehow wear off, probably, you know, based on talking to the coach or, you know, uh, one of the coaching staff. But, I mean, you see it's starting to see more of a game player than an individual, you know, wanting to be an individual star. Uh, I can definitely see the youngsters, like, from this game, this has happened, have stepped up compared to before. These guys look more angry. They look more that, you know, if they prove themselves now, there will be a spot in the Arsenal squad for the 25-man squad, yeah. whereas in pre- before, this was just them going on pre-season tour, and that's it for the end of them. And I mean, like, with, with, uh, with uh, regards to the game now, our goals coming in the 13th minute when uh, Saka, also, like, fantastic work. I think you will, I believe you told me some of it was in Kitia that yes. for the, the through ball. And I mean, like, just the nonchalance of the kid to... You know, wait till the keeper drops down and then he just dinked it over and bundled the rebound in. That that showed uh, that the composure in the in the youngsters. And I mean, you know, a guy of that age, you know, would have maybe tried the a simpler finish, which would be tried to like knock it past the keeper and could have got it wrong. So yeah. big ups to them for that for that goal that we scored. And then I mean, for me, the goal of the game was scored like the second goal with uh, Oli Inka that somehow. Uh, Dispossess one of the, the Colorado players on the edge of the box. And then, as this uh, Colorado player now tries to uh, recover and tries to shove Olinka off the ball, I mean, it's a kid's brute strength that actually, where he stays on his feet and he smashes, uh, you know, one of that postage stamp shots, top corner goal, 2 0 Arsenal. And I think the, these type of things are needed because if this was not putting pressure on the rest of the team that maybe would have gotten complacent for their positions. I mean, the Jacques, the who, like the, the just those guys that take their position for granted in the team will maybe have to look over their shoulder now and be like, hey, if I didn't put in a shift today, I could be sitting on the bench for the next game. And I mean, we wrapped up the win when uh, our new youngster, uh, Martinelli, chased the ball in late in the second half. I mean, I was actually happy for him because, you know, especially when you think of, of 
the sort of background he's come from, you know, not really, you know, really at that place of, you know, falling into the, the, the money pot, you know, he's like coming, you know, like a hard way coming through the ranks. And I want to see, because, I mean, there was a, a clip, I think, either on YouTube or Twitter, where you can actually see his parents in the apartment there in Brazil, where they were now celebrating his goal. You know, your father close to tears seeing his son, you know, playing his first pro game for Arsenal. Oh, that's, that's, that's really amazing. You know, it's nice, nice to hear. You never hear, really hear that side of of football. But with all those pros, it was a bit of a, a con when, like I said, came here. It was very rusty, that one shot. Yeah. I didn't even remember that almost probably would have taken a, a plane out in the sky. It was like such uh, yeah. mistimed the shot. I was, yeah, I was shocked. I mean, there was some ease, like, you know, we saw that composure part of him, like, last season. But, I mean, look, also, that being said, they can't be forgiven. I mean, this is probably his first competitive game now for the season after the, you know, the summer holidays for them. So, I mean, all is forgiven. But as as I said, you know, let him get that stuff out now. You know, bring out from the cobwebs now and hope he's firing on all cylinders when the season starts. But, I mean, it was also good having... You know, those little cameos. Because, I mean, look, the crowd were also getting antsy with regards to... Look, they just saw the youngsters and they wanted, you know, some bigger names to come on. And, look, Emery granted their wish, I think, with 15 minutes to go when he brought on then Lacazette and uh, Obama Young and Ozil. It kind of got their legs ready for the tie against Bayern Munich just to get them to get a bit of a run out. Yeah, and then we switch our attention now to the Bayern game. Uh, a total different affair versus Bayern because... This time, a more senior squad took the field. Um, the lineup was Leno, Maitland Niles, Socrates, Mustafi, Monreal, uh, Willock, Xhaka, Ozil, and then up front, Miki, Lacazette, and Aubameyang. And with with a bench, it was like, you know, more of, a, of a, a, an experienced star. But with Bayern, again, they went also, you know, 50-50 with the first half. Or, yeah, the first half team. With they had, again, a touch more youngsters in, uh, one or two seniors. But then, of course, when Arsenal thought to myself, okay, this should be a, a winnable game, when, I, when they switched the, the <laughs> camera thing to the bench and I started seeing the names rolling off then, I thought, oh, my. so I, I was just thinking, either get the, the result first off, because I don't want to know what sort of onslaught's going to come second off. And, you know, when uh, uh, Lewandowski's unleashed, Coleman is unleashed, Gnabry's released, etc. But we started off quite strongly, you know, and um, recall Ainsley Maitland-Niles breaking down from the, attacking from the right-hand side. Somehow the cross in the ball spills to Mkhitaryan and I felt he could have done much better with the shot, but it seemed like he kind of was indecisive caught between taking the shot or actually crossing it into the box for someone to get the foot onto. I mean, that was about, I think, five minutes in and we could have been one up. So, so we showed how pressure we started putting on Bayern Munich early on in the game. And then I think something like after 20 minutes, uh, Bayern did now you know, start showing the teeth, you know, with Le- Leno having to pull off a good save from uh, Thomas Muller. I think, it, I mean, it was a fantastic reaction save where Alaba just whipped the ball into, like, across the six-yard box. And Muller, you know, fired point blank and Leno still pulled off a great save. And then uh, the, the, the Georgian midfielder uh, onto Zanz. He also had one fantastic shot in the box, which was like aimed for Muller, and he, uh, Leno managed to claw it for away for a corner. So, you know, not almost like almost like giving us also a wake up call in the game to you know to be careful of, of all the threats that Bayern still pose, even with some of the youngsters in the squad. Um, one, yeah, go on. 
one guy for me who, who you know put his hand up that was a bombing. I know as well last season now it's very tough on him, but I don't know if it's because he played against German opposition or what, but the performance he gave, it was the Bamiyang that I saw kind of before he started at Arsenal. I know he's gotten the goals for us and that's been fantastic, but his overall gameplay in this game, you saw him getting out wide, getting, you know, that one run of his as well. Like I'm probably going to get into it, but he was really, I was speechless of how so early in the preseason he was actually on top of things. You know, that run actually reminded me or gave me kind of, uh, made me reminisce about that on rerun against Tottenham from the from our box because I mean he was just like either skinning people or sidestepping people and I mean you could say Bayern it, you know <laughs> as he was like you know tearing through the, the pitch and I mean I was just a bit disappointed and the, at the you know the lackluster finish or attempt by Ozil because I really yeah either hit it across the keeper or try to pick out Aubameyang to, you know, knock in the tap in. But I mean, to smash it to the keeper, you're not going to beat Manuel Moya like that. I think his mistake was he took an extra touch and it kind of, he kind of knocked it further away out of his path because even if he hit that first time, I think Leno would have been stranded with if he had to put it in the far corner. Or that, that makes it, unless Ozil had to do one of that, that bump all finishes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are amazing. I don't know how he does it. I've tried it many times and almost had my ankle trying it. Second half, Bayern then brought on the big guns, Kimmich. Sula, Pavard, and you signing from Stuttgart, uh, Goretzka, Kauman, Gnabry, and Lewandowski. And I mean, look, the game now, of course, took a, a whole new dimension when they came on. Because I was just thinking, I was actually feeling also the worst when I think roughly the first real action of Kauman was when with him taking on Maitland Niles, and Maitland Niles could not deal with him. Like, I mean, he was twisting him inside, outside. Uh, he was like, uh, also skinning him for pace, even with, with Maitland now having it at one point the head start over him. The way he just, I, I'm sure, even after the game, I'm sure uh, Maitland Niles must be having nightmares of that performance because, I mean, I know sometimes he gets caught out because, look, he's still inexperienced with that sort of position. But, I mean, to come up like that against somebody that tricky, that if we don't bring in a, a actual right back or somehow switch, uh, you know, bringing, uh, not, I wouldn't say bring Bellin early, but having an alternate right back to, to fill that position, like that it can actually play right back. Not somebody that plays wing back, because look, his attacking instincts are always going to be, you know, seeping through. But we need somebody that can, you know, sit if they need to sit. Because for me, too many times, I mean, you could already see every time uh, the ball would be picked up in midfield, Coleman would already, you know, show which area he wants him to hit the ball, which zone. And I mean, by the time the ball is there, with with Maitland now turning turning quite slow, he really you know held him up because I mean the amount of times I saw Coleman getting him like you know he slipped on his backside, it was scary to watch. Maybe perhaps you know if Lira Zane does go to Bayern Munich, Arsenal could could try their luck and maybe bring Kinsley Coleman to North London. I mean it could be worth a a, a punt. Nah, I don't think Bayern are gonna. You know I think they got the more set squad. They they in a phase more now where they're going to add and not just, you know, dispensing the team. Because, I mean, look, they just lost Robbery, uh, Robert, yeah. Robert and Ribery. So, I don't think they're going to, they probably want to add now extra winger. Yes, I agree with it. Um, with regards to the game, a uh, breakthrough for Arsenal with Bayern, you know, uh, Bayern tormentor Aubameyang managing to come on the end of um, uh, Mkhitaryan cross. 
I mean, I think that youngster of this, uh, Poznanski, he totally makes a hash of the cross coming in. As Aubameyang cuts the ball into the box, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, one of the cross, cross goal. And this youngster, the young left-back of Bayern, starts to put his foot out and we steer the ball past the backup keepers when one or Arsenal. And it was, it was a fitting that Aubameyang got in the end, you know, kind of was the creator of that goal because... He was literally doing everything in this game. I mean, like you said, he was buying Munich's tormentor. There was a charge, I think, as well, where he whipped the ball in, and I think it was Reese Nelson should have made it, could have made it 2 0 at the time, but he, I think he, I think even Neuer got the save to it. But it was a brilliant cross of a bombing that he, that he put in as well. Um, you know, the backlash was expected from Bayern, and um, so did the attacking prowess of Coleman and Gnabry on either flanks. Uh, they were not trying to tear up, you know, the, the left-back and the right-back who had no real answer to them. And it was almost like the the two central defenders as well as the, the holding midfielder. Because I think even, uh, I think Burton had to come on also to help out. We, uh, we just could not deal with things that happening from the flanks. And I mean, they were, you know, throwing their bodies on the line, getting blocks in. Because I mean, Bayern was starting to, you know, really come at Arsenal full blast. Um, on 71 minutes, Lewandowski then steered in a skillful header past Martinez in the Arsenal goal. Um, Martinez pulled off some great save prior to that, you know, with one shot from Coleman, he just tipped over, and then I think after the goal, he also managed to claw away a, a Gnabry free kick. Can I just hop another goal quickly? Um, I actually had to watch it five or six times to believe what I saw because, like, I was thinking, like, that ball went over Mustafa's head when he missed jump. He missed time the jump. Lewandowski nodded in and he appeals for offside. And I'm like, I, when I was watching, when I watched the highlights of the goal and I was watching it again and again and again, I'm like, but there was no way he was ever offside. Like, he didn't ever look offside. But after the header, like, Mustafi's putting his head up in the air, getting upset that it should be called offside. I think in the replay, they actually show he's actually playing Lewandowski <laughs> out the move. So, I don't know. But I mean, what also now just to uh, expand on. Um, that goal of Lewandowski, just think of it. He's doing a standing jump and he's still kicking that ball with bend past the keeper. I mean, that guy is, you know, his aerial threat is scary. I mean, whether he was at Dortmund or now with Bayern or when he plays for Poland, the sort of headers he manages to pull off is crazy. Kind of, kind of makes us miss a bit of Olivier Giroud in our team. And, and, uh, I know we, we, we haven't had a striker like once when Giroud's gone, like kind of to do that what Lewandowski does. It's a pity that, you know, Arsenal couldn't have ever gotten their hands on him, like, you know, maybe before he got into Bayern or, you know, there's a stage where he was looking to leave the club as well. So maybe we could have broken the checkbook to get him there. Because, I mean, look, as a, as, a, as a striker, he is, you know, what you would call a complete striker because he can punish you with a left foot, right foot, and, I um, mean, with his headers, he can, you know, do bullet headers at you and beat you, and you can do that skillful ones like you saw against Arsenal. Um, with, uh, back to the game again. Um, I must say, Arsenal didn't, you know, hide after that equaliser. We actually, you know, went for the jugular again because now we started bringing on the youngsters. And I mean, you could see our, uh, Bayern were, you know, this was Bayern's first uh, preseason game. So, I mean, even with a strong bench that was coming on, that, that guy was also short of match practice. And you could see, the longer the game now wore near coming 80th minute, that, that legs of these were tiring. And I think that is also vital where Emery made that, that with the changes, we brought this whole batch of youngsters to come on. 
you know, you know, unleash them on on the on the Bayern, the tiring Bayern players. And I mean, eventually it did pay off because leading up to even the the winning goal now by Inketia, that it took one of that was it, uh, Martinez that did one of that massive massive punts that went over Sula, and then I, I think Sula lost total control over the way. Uh, and Ketty was putting him under pressure where yeah. they was holding into that safe, which all in all, like, you know, started leading to the demise of him for the game. But I mean, for me also, in the lead up to that uh, winning goal from Ketia, fantastic move by John Jules and Chambers. Great pass. You know, you mentioned John Jules. Uh, like, I think it was last week, you said, and I think even he privately messaged me and told me he was one to watch a still made a joke to you. But like, I don't think, like, you know, I haven't heard of this guy, but come um when a while i've been watching him through the preseason he seems really impressive and very self-assured in himself he's not hiding behind anything and most of these youngsters actually that's from the preseason i've seen they're not hiding they're taking responsibility and they're taking the opportunity by the scruff of the neck you know you know we also want to agree with that exact point now and just like expand on it it's you watch that someone like john jules him taking on uh, the Kimmich of Bayern, who's supposed to be, you know, one of the best right-backs. And if you see just the way he, you know, outfox him with that little darting runs and that into the pockets of so actually freeing space up for himself. I mean, it's fantastic to watch it. I mean, even with Nketiah, he was, like, being marked in that box throughout. And then, like, just the way he peels off Sula to get himself free. And, I mean, Sula and Pavard are there now, expensive centre-back parents. And I think that's going to be their... Their choice now for the Bundesliga season is that's why I think Mulls also left Bayern. Was that with them now being at the core of the, the defense? And I mean, to see him pull himself free between both of the center backs and actually manage to dart in at that, that winning goal. Fantastic play. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm in Kitty's biggest critical, so but I mean, yes, credit to take you know, give credit with you. I mean, that kid showed real balls. Seems like Nketi is showing his form when he carried it on to the, like, the following game, like what happened the early hours of this morning against uh, Fiorentina. Yeah, I mean, I now managed to stay up for the game. Um, was quite impressive. Look, we're going to you know discuss it more in depth with next week's podcast. But I mean, I like, just want to touch on like, certain aspects of the game. Um, it was a good game because I was expecting... You know, it was like a bigger onslaught from Fiorentina, but I mean, they were playing, you know, the typical Italian way where they would sit back, you know, wait for us to do the play and then eat us on the break every time. But I mean, look at we were kind of reading throughout the situation. Um, some people had real shockers, I would also add. Andreal, I don't know how many times I, I think about Akan in that first half alone, two very, very underneath back passes and when he got managed to do it, did get like the, the pass to a player, he was always overheating it again, also when he was directing the pass. So he was getting us into numerous, you know, real like erratic moments in the match. Uh, Mustafi, again, uh, you know, <laughs> for me, I do not want to go into a season knowing that he's going to be the, say, a second choice center back or something. I, I mean, either he has to leave or be pushed way down the picking order because. If you have a season pro like that and you watch him and he's coming up against one of the up-and-coming talents of Fiorentina, that one of the strikers, I, th- I, think I forgot his name now, who was every time peeling off um, Mustafi and Mustafi was every time misjudging the aerial ball. I could not believe it. I mean, to see an international like that not being able to judge the flight of a ball. And I mean, it's not a one-off thing. He was doing it like numerous times in the game. So, That's- you know, it's... It, 
it won't bode well if, if we're going to go into that. I mean, I'm not, not just trying to say, oh, yeah, it's Mustafi. It was also with, with Callum Chambers. He looked totally out of it whenever a ball got played behind. When he was playing, when he was trying to push up as a, as a holding mid, he looked fine. He looked quite capable. He was actually good on the ball, great footwork. But when you see that, that link up, like if, if you have a back four of, of Jenkinson, Chambers, Mustafi, and... and, and oh. so like, was, the only time I really felt comfortable was the minute Socrates came on. It almost like looked like he started locking down everything, all the like little channels and that. Because, I mean, if you're in we're picking out different channels every time. Because, especially first off, when, when it was now still that, with that first uh, 11 that I mentioned, they were getting the space. Martinez had to pull off three or four top saves, top row saves. Because, I mean, he was really stretched, overstretched at times. Because uh, even the commentators said, I feel sorry for, for Martinez, what he has to now deal with, with having this uh, slapstick back for. Because, <laughs> I mean, at times that Alinka and them also had to, you know, chip in to make it like a back five, or at times even with Burton dropping back in you know, a back six, just to try to f- somehow flood that, because it was almost like becoming too easy for that little threaded through balls. The, the problem comes down to, and you've mentioned it now, with, like Mustafa could be our second centre-back, because with Koscielny wanting to, you know, forcing away out the club, we only have Socrates who could have, who could, like, who's going to do that main job as our, like, you know, the first name on the paper as a centre-back. Hopefully Rob Holding comes back and he can carry on his form, but that's a risk. So Arsenal need like a season pro kind of centre-back to help Socrates and then, you know, other guys will fall in below that. I mean, I think I actually personally think we missed out on maybe bringing our balls to Arsenal. I mean, with regards, with, you know, with the signings and that stuff, um, that, that Saliba deal looks like it's going to now, you know, finally get over the line, but... I'm still thinking, you know, with that sort of money that's being transferred between clubs, I would not have actually loaned him back for a season. I would have actually brought him straight in and got him, you know, used to the first team matters. Even if it was now letting him first feel himself in, in a Carabao Cup game or, or early rounds of the Europa League, do something like that. And then, you know, rather offload one of the centre-backs that, <clears throat> excuse me, that you don't need anymore. Like, you know, tell... Uh, Saint Etienne, look, you can have Mustafi then for the season or something like that. But we do 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 we do um, truly need to get rid of Mustafi? Like from this performances against like Bayern that that must jump charge jump against Lewandowski, it led to a crucial uh, could have been a crucial goal in the game, and now against Fiorentina as well, he was also you know uh, this unacceptable the performance that he gave. No, I mean, there was also one, I don't know if it was another Bayern game or the Colorado game, where he tried to do a Cruyff turn close on the, <laughs> the box, and then he ended up getting, he, when he now panicked, when he saw it's now not you know, coming off, right? He clears the ball straight to the oncoming player. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I mean, the, the oncoming player is now not expecting that, and he just takes a pot shot, which goes over the bar, and I'm thinking, dude, how many alarm bells do you want to still get before you wake up and change your game? Because I really thought, you know, the summer break, you know, you can think over, you know, what's, you know, the performance-wise, where he's been, you know, the team down in general. And I thought now, you know, the player's going to come in because he always comes with his back-on-top tweets and stuff. But <laughs> I don't see anything, any improvement, really. Uh, but at least, you know, Bright Spark, out of all this, uh, Mustafi was Nikitia, like, at first goal that, he banged in. He showed a great lot of composure, which we've criticised him like on before. 
to slot that that first goal that he got when he received the ball in the box. You know, took his time and then you know picked his spot in the back of the end. Of, the... of, of Ian Wright, the way he finished it. Yeah, yes, know. yes, you're right, you're right. Quick feet and then smashing it past the keeper. And there's a convincing finish as well. You know, like it, it, it wasn't like a keeper was made a mistake when thing. He actually buried it into the back of the net. I mean, one thing I was on to add, like with a, a second goal coming in the 65th minute from Eden Kittier also. For me, fantastic work by Lacazette because you always see, um, you know, Lacazette is more eager to, you know, set up, say, someone like Obama Young or Mkhitaryan, someone like that, or back like with, with Ramsey as well. But I mean, you can actually see with, with, with you know, it could be also now being a friend in it, but I mean, he was more. Uh, trying to help other people get the, you know, giving them the assist to, to score. Because, I mean, that was a fantastic ball the way he laid it off to Nketi. And, I mean, it was a cool finish by him again. I think it's Joe Willock as well, a guy that, you know, happy he got in the um, score sheet as well. There's somebody that you've always, you said, like, like going back last season also, like Joe Willock, when he came in, he kind of showed more than Ed Nketi. So I'm glad that as well. Uh, I hope he also is going to play uh, a part in our season next season, like this yeah. coming season. And I mean, look, with that finish of, of Willock, that's also down to the graft of Lacazette that actually got him also in for that goal. Because it was great. You know, the way he waited the passes of the Willock, fantastic. So maybe, uh, like I said, it's going to be more of a adding the, the loss of Aaron Ramsey now with providing some goals for us. Maybe, like I said, it's going to... Um, try more assisting as well this season as much as bearing the chances away. Yeah, I was wondering, so I had, you know, I was somewhat frustrated that uh, Martinelli didn't get, to the, get on the score sheet because he had like one fantastic chance at the end of the game. But, you know, I've, I really thought, oh, it's a bad miss in it. But then when they showed the from the back of the goal, when he, you know, because look, they show, he actually showed his turn of speed because that Fiorentina centre back could barely, you know, keep in his, like, you know, keep track with him. When he ends up like, trying to, because he tried one of that on retype finishes, you know, passing the ball into the net, it almost like looked like it was about about uh, like a leak of paint away from going into the back of the net because it was that close. Because I didn't, I, like I told you now, I really thought it was like a bad miss. But I mean, when I saw the finish, I mean, uh, I mean the attempted finish, it was actually a damn good shot. And I mean, you can see something he's probably going to work on, and that could also be one of his. You know, trademark finishes when he plays because look, he already has the speed to take him past the last man. Do you think he's the type of guy that will get chalk on his boots? Arsenal. Well, I mean, he gives us a, a faster option than Welbeck if you think of it. I mean, Welbeck I liked as well, but you could see now, you know, just before that injury, also he was also you know getting not that quick like he used to, you know, outpace people on the flank because look, you get an option with with people like Welbeck. That can also play, you know, out wide or can lead the front line if you need to race the, you know, the key main strikers. But um, I don't know if you saw also this, uh, that uh, Brazilian striker, Everton. Um, I heard about him. I heard about being linked to like... Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I guess we should all should now, you know, just keep track on what's going on so far. But so far, it looks like Arsenal, I, I mean, I would say about, yeah, about the 60, almost 70% chance of getting the player. Uh, and how do you think like that like strengthen us more in 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 like a going forward type way in terms of like helping us dominate teams more or how do you think that signing would help? One thing I look at when I watch like various clips of him. I mean, of course, you can you just see like the kind of you know based of him on on YouTube and then, but I mean watching is like him as a player. 
he's not like I wouldn't say he's like the tallest, but I mean he's not. He, I've, like the, the, the clips I've seen, he comes under like heavy, heavy tackles, and I mean the way he rides it or he reads the situation. If you come, you know, lunging in at him, because like I said, his feet are quick. I mean, I thought uh, you know Martin has quick feet, but I mean those guys' feet are even quicker when he sidesteps people because. There's like little clips of him where he's like, he was like slaloming through like two or three players. At, and you just see feet flicking out trying to trip him and that and <laughs> he's gone. But maybe that can help the team, you know, like a bombing and like I said, get a lot of, um, how can I say, the eyes always on them from the opposition team when we're playing them. Like they know Mark, like I said, Mark a bombing, you kind of can starve Arsenal a bit in the game. But, you know, maybe with a guy like Everton Suarez, wasn't he as well a uh, top scorer in Copa America, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, I saw that so, so, so maybe having a guy like that, you know, gives the opposition something more to think about. So, you know, maybe if if this does go through, it would be a, a fantastic signing for the club. Um, also, a bit of a rumour is here going around. It's nothing obviously concrete. It's that Moises Keen guy of Juventus who kind of like, he kind of shot in like on the scene mm. late last season. So, you know, maybe if since he's very young, and I don't think he's going to get much game time because Juventus at the moment are, are on a real shopping spree. And if we can, you know, maybe steal him, even if it's a, a two-year loan or a season-long loan, it could help the cause attacking-wise. But I still feel we need another defensive mid. Whether or not Callum Chambers is going to be the deputy for Toretta, I still think we need someone there. And then, for me, a centre-back as well, just to get the spine sorted out. I mean, I would... You know where I would agree also is like you know I'd actually bring in a, like going for for two centre backs because like I think you mentioned before now with with the Alli situation that old drama playing out you just don't know which way it's gonna go because look uh, even if he does stay I, mean, I think he's already tainted whatever you know uh, you know love is there like you know at the club so because I mean can you imagine he comes on like say start of the season and he has to come on as a sub or something like that. That the booze the way they're gonna ring out with the homo way it's gonna be directed straight at him and him alone because of the whole thing. Because especially now that the the fact that it's not come out where he's not brought in lawyers as well with this whole contractual dispute. So you know it's, it's getting really messy, and I mean I don't think we need that sort of drama either. You know going into the season. No, if somebody wants to leave that much, then you let him go. I mean you can't, you you don't all of that. Because it's going to be a waste of time in the grand scheme of things. With, like you mentioned, they're going to boo him. It's gonna, it's just going to be ugly. So and toxic for the dressing room. He's our club captain as well. So how do you go forward? You're going to strip him from his captaincy. There's just so many complications involved. So let him go, and just bring in another centre back. I mean, he can't play a full season anyway mm. because he's injury prone. So you know, cut your losses, sell him off, and. Bringing another top quality centre back or up and coming centre back to pull that position. You know, with, with what you said with that Moses Keane guy, I just wonder if Arsenal's starting to run out of patience with Crystal Palace and the Zaha thing. I mean, I know Zaha's now pushing to to leave. I mean, I think he's also made it now public that he wants to leave. But I think, like, you know, the way they are pricing his value, I mean, I'm, I think that's also how crazy the, the football market has gone. I mean, if you think, I mean, I heard somebody say, oh, yeah, it's a, it could be a, like an insult. Look, the thing is, he's not playing European football anyway. So, I mean, to give somebody or to, to take the risk, because look, in a way, we're also taking a risk. Because look, he was at a big club at United. 
that didn't work out. They just moved to Palace, and I think that's almost like his level now. And that you know, he now was like he's now proved that he's even better than that level. So I think he needs that step up again. But I think for me, what what Palace are doing, I think that's because I mean, I, I mean with, with with regard to Zaha, I think I'd probably go as high as fifty fifty five. But uh, that's true. 50, 55 million is more or less where it should be. I mean, I know 10 years ago, if you take into account inflation, etc. But 10 years ago, Ronaldo went for 80 million to Real Madrid. Mm. I mean, in prime, an informed Ronaldo. Well, He's telling me, Saha, is that. Oh, what you could do is, you know, you tell Palace, look, we've taken him off your hands for 55 million. And then based on trophies or getting us in the Champions League, we can bump it up to another 10 million if he gets us into the Champions League type of thing. You know, 10 or 15 or something like that. We just try to make, you know, you try to sweeten the deal, but you also see that you can get him at a certain thing, a certain price, like a fixed price, and then you can add, you know, different perks to the, like I said, perks to the deal. Look, sometimes you end up getting, you, you forget about players and then you just say, oh yeah, this player's moved on, but since you own like one or whatever percent of the players, so you're going to get now a cut out of the transfer. And I think something like that also should do with Palace. You, you know, where they give them, say, 50-something and fifty something million and you throw in maybe one or two players and then you tell them, okay, and then they still, that, that's a, like a special thing in the contract where they could still, you know, bump up the, the fee to even higher to get a bit more out of the cut. I think Arsenal should actually throw you in as part of brokering the deals. Maybe Wilfred Zaha could be an Arsenal player already. <laughs> oh, we can all hope. Um... I think that's about all for the podcast. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Um, I don't know what you're going to be doing this Sunday afternoon, um, but I'm probably going to be watching Juventus Tottenham. It's about an hour, I think, or half an hour. So I actually want to just have a look at what both sides, you know, judge Spurs on with regard to the Premier League season and also watch Juventus to see if any of our, you know, if Aaron plays or, uh, you know, see any of the new stars playing. Uh, obviously, Adam Ramsey, I'll, I'll, I'll be cheering for him because he definitely deserves all the Arsenal fans getting behind him and starting them. You know, he loves starting them. Yeah, true. Okay, guys, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Bye. Cheers, guys.